Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. Well, this morning, I want to thank those that are here with us physically and those that are watching online. Um, to be honest, this is the first time I preach physically and socially, right? So bear with me. This morning, I want to share uh, with you uh, a topic that the Lord pressed on my heart, and that's, the, that's fear. And we opened uh, with that in a song this morning, and I praise God because... As a pastor or anybody that shares on this pulpit, you know, God gives you words and you prepare. And for, at least for my, in my opinion, I get, I get nervous. And for God to uh, just support the word or to confirm the word, it's, uh, it's, it's awesome. So this morning, I will be sharing with you the, about fear. Fear is defined as an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. I want to share with you this morning a few famous quotes by some famous people about fear. Franklin D. Roosevelt said, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Babe Ruth, don't let the fear of striking out hold you back. And King David, obviously. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for, that, for you are with me. Your rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Fear is mentioned in the Bible 266 times. And the word afraid is mentioned 223 times. It's mentioned in Genesis all the way through Revelations. The general point is this morning is that fear is a survival instinct. The Lord knows this, which is why he mentioned it in scripture so many times. You see, we need fear to make us uncomfortable in certain situations so we get out of them. Fear is not unnatural or unhealthy. However, if we allow fear to consume us, to hinder us from progressing in trusting in the Lord, it will turn deadly, both physically and spiritually. And, and as I was preparing for this study and, and looking up fear and, and just doing research on fear itself, I, I came across a website called Healthline. And do you know that there is over 500 phobias? Phobias. And this morning, I just want to share with you very briefly a couple that I found interesting and, and at the same time, very strange. Fear of failure, very normal, right? Fear of dancing. Fear of plants, fear of dust, fear of walking, fear of looking up, fear of England or English culture, fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth, fear of opening one's eyes, fear of bald people. So if, you, if that happens to be you, I, I do apologize. There's, there's really nothing to be fearful. You see, when something becomes a phobia, it means that we have let our healthy fear that protects our lives become something that keeps us from living. 
the reality is many people have fears that become phobias. This morning I want to share a very brief story of my son. Um, I believe he was around five or six years old and we had gone to a family friend's pool and we, you know, I was in the pool with him and we were having a great old time. And the pool, the, the ledge hung over the water, right? It wasn't flat. So that pe- the, 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 the coping of the pool that extended over the water, in one of the corners there, there was a wasp nest. And we weren't really paying attention. We were having fun in the water. And my son got a little too close. And he began to splash in that area. And, and the wasps came out and they stung him. They stung him a few times. And my son is 10 years old now. And if I tell you that if a flying insect gets close to him, he runs for the hills. He will scream, holler, and potentially cry in some instances because of the fear he has in flying insects. That fear that he had because of a, of a sting has turned into a phobia for not just wasps, but anything that flies. And whenever that happens, I, I run to him and I say, listen, relax. As a parent, right? As a parent, I run to protect my son, to try to teach him and say, listen, relax, don't move. If you do not show aggression towards them, if you don't try to kill them, right? If you don't try to swap at them, just stand still. They'll just mind their own business and go away. He does not listen to me. He runs for his life. The fear has turned into a phobia, which has, in essence, paralyzed them. That when any flying insect comes close to him, he runs for his life. And this morning, that's, that's what I want to share with everyone this morning. Is that for many of us, we have fear. And though that fear may be healthy to, to, to present itself in, in, in a form that is to force us to run to God, we allow the fear to consume us, to destroy us, to turn it into a phobia where we become paralyzed and we are unable to be the, the brothers and sisters of Christ that God has called us to be. Amen? If the truth be told, we have all feared something at one point in our lives. I believe it is safe to say that we have fear right now in some things. Now think about every fear that you have encountered, that, that you've experienced. Out of all those fears, how many of them have been related to God? I would probably tell you very few, if not zero. Many of the fears that we face are of this world. Fear of not having enough, not having enough money, fear of relationships, fear of rejection, fear of COVID. And the list goes on and goes on and goes on. For some of us today, we've allowed these fears to overrun our lives to consume us, which has stopped us from trusting in the Lord. And when this happens, it reveals that you have doubted God's plan for your life. You've doubted his power and his promises. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God hath not given us a spirit of what? Anybody? Fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. The only way to defeat fear 
is to trust. Simple formula. When fear comes, you need to trust in something. Will you trust in the fear or will you trust in the Lord? Trust comes from the Hebrew word batak. It means to put firm confidence in the Lord. Firm confidence. You see, many of us, we have a confidence in the Lord, but it's not firm. When the fear comes, when the trials come, when the anxiety comes, when the worry comes, that foundation, that trust that we have in the Lord, it's not firm. And we begin to doubt his promises. We begin to doubt who he is in our lives, what he has called us for, who he is in our life. Trust needs to be a firm confidence in the Lord. It's a cause to expect God's help. Psalms 4, 5 says, Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. This morning, are you putting your trust in the Lord? In the fear that you have, in the situations you are encountering, are you trusting in the Lord? Psalms 37, 5. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. I don't know about you, but I am not exempt of this. There are many times where I lean on my own understanding. And that's not the formula. The formula is to trust in the Lord in a firm confidence, completely, wholly in him. You see, the main reason fear exists is because we are placing our trust in something or someone other than the Lord. This morning, I want to briefly touch upon Caleb. And on your spare time, I encourage you to read Numbers chapter 13 to fully read the story. But this morning, just very briefly, I want to talk about Caleb. Caleb was one of 12 spies sent by Moses to spy out the land of Canaan. God had promised Abraham that there would be a promised land. And, and basically Moses wanted to survey, to assess this land. The land Canaan which the spies were to explore was, was this promised land. So Moses sent out 12 spies. But when they returned, 10 of the 12 spies showed little faith. Their report was full of fear and of doubt. We have all been promised God's faithfulness. Can everybody agree? Yes? Yet we allow fear to come in and allow us to doubt God's faithfulness. Numbers 13 verses 26 through 29. If you have it open, if not, it'll project or if you have your Bible. It says, now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel. In the wilderness of Paran, at Kadesh, they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told them and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is the evidence. This is the fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. And the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. And the Malachites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, 
The Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the bank of the Jordan. They know the promise. Moses has said, God has given us this land, but I want you to go and tell me what you see. They knew the promise. All they had to do was go, survey it, bring back the report. Have you ever met somebody who's very confident? Yes, no? Somebody who's very confident, no matter what they see, what happens? They're confident. Now, that, that confidence may be in the Lord. That confidence may be of themselves, of the skills, or the talents they may have. But if somebody is confident, they will be confident, no matter what they see. And I don't know about you, but if God were to tell me through a man of God a promise, and all I had to do was survey the area and come back and bring the report, that promise hasn't changed, right? It's my perspective. And these spies went over and they begin by giving their survey or their report a, a positive, right? It says, and they showed them the fruit of the land. It truly flows with milk and honey, right? So you, you can see that from the in the beginning, they're like, they're all positive. I saw it. It's bountiful. And look, it's so bountiful. I'm showing you support. I'm showing you evidence of the fruit that we saw. Awesome. But then, but then fear has to come in. Fin fear crept in because their eyes saw people. They saw giants. They saw fortified cities. And, and the fear began to creep in. And that fear took over the promise that God had given them. That's us. That is you and I, church. God has promised us through his scripture that he is with us. That we are his sons and daughters. That we are protected in his hand. That we are blessed people. Don't get confused this morning. We will face trials. But when we, fear, when we face those trials, when fear begins to creep in, we must be reminded of God's promises. We must not doubt those promises. Because when we doubt those promises, guess what? Who are we doubting? God. We are doubting who he is. How able he is. The Bible says that Caleb completely followed the Lord. He trusted the Lord. He believed in the promises of God. In verse 30, it says, Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses. Now, you, you have to have a, a visual of, of what's happening. There's thousands of people here, okay? And, and, and the spies are talking to Moses. And most likely as they're talking to Moses, there's people congregated around Moses. And if you've ever been around a lot of people, they can get very loud, right? And, and, and if you begin to tell them a, a, a report that's negative in nature or scary in nature, what happens to people? At least for Cubans, they started like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Talking to Spanish, getting very loud, right? And then that loudness gets even louder and then it begins to spread amongst the people, right? But then Caleb comes, man of God. A person who trusted completely in God's promises and in the Lord. 
And he comes into the picture and he says, shh. He calms everybody down. He, he tells everybody to shut up. And he begins to say, let us go up at once and take possession. For we are well able to overcome it. The 10 spies were saying, it's beautiful, it's bountiful, but we cannot go. We can't do it. It's too many things, too many obstacles, too many things. But Caleb, very straight to the point, let us go up at once. Let's not hesitate. Let's not allow that fear to take root. Let's go right now because God has promised us that land. For we are able to overcome it. I don't know about you, but I am an incapable person without the Lord. As much as I think that I am good at this or that, or I may be smart in this or smart in that, I am incapable of many things. The man I am today is because of God and God's mercy. And I still suck. I am reminded each day that I need God. That he is my savior. That he is my provider. That he is my saving grace. But let's be honest, it's hard because we live in this world. We live amongst people who don't know Jesus and and we live in a world that it's physical in nature. And if we do not apply our lives into the spiritual, it will be dwarfed out immediately. And I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but in this current environment, if you look around, fear is everywhere. It is very hard to see anything spiritual. And the question I tell myself and I, and I examine myself and, I, and what I tell you this morning is, with what eyes are we looking? Because if we look through these eyes in the worldly, in the physical, let me tell you something. Fear will creep in if it hasn't already and it will destroy you. It will paralyze you if it hasn't done so already. We must be reminded that we are Physical in nature, serving a God that is fully spiritual. That we are his and he is ours. And yes, though we are in this physical world, working, surviving, our objective is not of this world. It's in the spiritual realm. It's in the spiritual nature. Let me ask you a question. How many people do you know? that in this current environment, they've lost it. They are struggling. Maybe it's one of you. Maybe it's you watching us online. Maybe it's a friend. I am convinced that the Lord has allowed this environment to take place so that we can draw near to him. But let's be real, how many have drawn near to him? How many have allowed the fear to take over, to question the Lord, to question his promises, to question his faithfulness, and fear has paralyzed us? 
That's not the Lord's objective. The Lord wants us to draw closer to him. That, that fear was to draw you closer to him, not away from him. Caleb's attitude was calm and confident. This came about because of his complete surrender and trust in the Lord's promise. One important detail I want to mention is that Caleb was honest about the difficulties, but he was confident in his trust in the Lord. You see, many Christians can be fake. We can act like everything's fantastic, but we're drowning in fear. It's very rare to see a believer in Christ when somebody asks you how you're doing for that person to say, I'm doing terrible. I'm struggling. I'm dealing with so-and-so. But for the most part, our replies are what? Doing great. Fantastic. And you know what? That may be true. But I would tell you for many of us, that's not the case. We don't want to share our vulnerabilities. We don't want to show that we are struggling. You see, Caleb was all about honesty. And church, we need to be honest with ourselves and with our brethren. If you're struggling, it's okay. If you're dealing with fear, it's okay. We are all imperfect people serving a perfect God. But if we act like we're perfect, why do we need a perfect God? Listen, this morning, if you are griped and paralyzed with fear, you need to run to God. God is ready, willing, and able to transform that fear into victory. To change that fear of perspective, that, that perspective of fear into a perspective of victory. But you need, to, you need to admit to yourself that you need God. That you need him. That we need each other. People can try to escape from fear. They pretend to themselves that there's no difficulties, that fear does not exist. They might even persuade other people that, that there is none, but we cannot escape from fear in these ways. You cannot escape fear by saying fear doesn't exist. Do you know those people? I, I want to call them, and I'm talking about more in, uh, of believers. There's many believers where they say fear doesn't exist. They don't even like speaking it because if they think that it, 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 they're, they're claiming it into existence. That's not my belief. My belief is that fear does exist. It's okay to speak it out loud. But you know what? As soon as fear comes, as, as soon as you speak things that are fearful, speak victory. Speak the Lord's name. Declare God's scripture. Begin to praise and pray. So as I begin to close, I want to remind you of, of three important P's. Number one, pray. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, but I need peace in the, in the times that we're living. I need peace. Pray. You see, many of us 
in the midst of fear, in the midst of anxiety or worry or of a bad report, we do not run to pray. We pick up the phone and we call our friends and we say this so-and-so and this and that. Listen, pray. So simple. We just got to do it. Pray. And don't get, don't get carried away with the prayer. Listen, God just wants a sincere heart. God just wants you to, to run to him and pray. You don't know how to pray? It's very easy. Just talk. Talk to God about your problems. Talk, talk to God about your needs. And God will begin to transform your perspective in the midst of that fear. Worry about nothing. Pray about everything. When worry comes, when anxiety comes, pray. Besides the three P, I, 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 in, my, in my belief, in my uh, Marlowe perspective, I, I add a W because I like to worship. My wife, my kids make fun of me. I am a diehard worshiper. I, this, I never used to be like this. I used to be a kid that used to come to church, never raised their hand. When worship time came, I sat down, looked around, stared at people. But God transformed me. And, and I just love to worship. I run to worship when people are probably using, you know, music to, to inspire them and to push them. I'm like worshiping. I, I'm like psycho. I'm like very, like people probably make fun of me. I, I get lost in worship and sometimes I even lift my hand when I'm running. People must be saying I'm asking for help. I go to bed listening to worship music. Coming to church today, I was listening and jamming to some worship music. And not because I have a good voice, because I don't. But I've realized that when I worship God and I listen to worship music, my perspective changes. No matter what I'm dealing with, if I put worship music, my attention is removed from what I'm dealing with in the physical and I'm gravitated to the spiritual. And besides that, when you listen to worship music, worship music is all about praising God, declaring his promises, and reminding him or reminding us that we are his. And not to bash secular music, but if you're jamming to Power 96 and, one, and all the other stations all day long, it does filter into your, to your life. It does. As much as you may not think, it just, it, we take it in. But if you put worship music, it has the same effect. It comes in. It filters in. Number two, promises. Having given your fears to God in prayer, we must pour over the scriptures reading God's promises. If you are just reminded of God's promises on Sundays and on Wednesdays, I'm here to tell you that you will continue to struggle in your life. In Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, Jesus, while he was in the wilderness, was tempted by the devil how many times? Three. And how did he respond to those trials? Exactly, to scripture. 
scripture he used the word of God against the enemy if my Messiah if my king of kings used scripture let me tell you something you better be using scripture because if you're just saying I'm a believer and I'm a child of God when those things come to you I'm going to tell you that's nice it's a good start but it's not enough you must know scripture the reason that their pastors and people tell you read the word of God, yes, it's for you to read the word of God, but it's for you to memorize the word of God so that when fear sets in, when doubt tries to destroy you, worry, anxiety, when you're given a bad report, when so a loved one passes away, you run to that scripture and you begin to um, profess God's promises upon your life. Psalms 118.6 says, the Lord is on my side. This morning, do you understand that the Lord is on your side? What can man do to me? I'll be honest with you. We live in a physical world. We go to work because if we don't go to work, what happens? We get fired. We need money. But this, this verse puts everything in perspective if you allow it to. The Lord is on my side. What can man do to me? If we have our eyes and our perspective on the spiritual things and we understand that God is the king, God is, a, is our savior and the king of kings and lord of lords and he has our back and he is with us and we are protected because of him. What can man do to us? Yeah, man can fire us. Yes, you know what? We may fall. But if we have our eyes and our perspective on the Lord's promises, we will get up. And God will open another door. He will open another job. He will do what he needs to do in our lives. Proverbs 29, 25. The fear of man brings a snare. But whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe trust in the Lord many of us use very nice words when we speak to other people of, 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 of what's happening in our lives I trust in the Lord everything's great and they're merely words I encourage you to really not use those words just because you want that person to leave and to leave you alone or to to feel or to to recognize that you're okay but to truly trust in the Lord. Isaiah 41.10 Fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. This morning if you are dismayed. If you are dismayed. God is with you. He says I will strengthen you. And when I read this verse. I, I, I find myself in awe because. An almighty God, right? Seated at the right hand of the Father. That he would strengthen me. Somebody who's dirty. Somebody who's not worthy. That he would strengthen me because I am his son. And the second part of the, of the verse says, yes, I will help you. Almost to say like the reader was like, are you serious? And God was like, yes, I will help you. This morning, God is willing and able and ready to help you in your situation. He says, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Imagine, he's, just, he's only using one hand. 
He's using his right hand for every single person. That's the God that I serve. Number three, perseverance. We cannot allow ourselves to be terrorized by worry and by fear. Rather, we are going to trust God and fix our eyes on Christ and keep pushing through. Let me tell you something. If if you've given up, get up. Get up. Stand up. Speak to yourself and say, I am a child of the King of kings and Lord of lords. I serve Jesus Christ. He is with me. He is my enabler. He is my helper. He is my savior. Stand up. Stand up and begin to walk. Push through. Many of us, we give up too easy. We give up too easy and this walk is not not about giving up. It's about falling and getting back up and pushing through. On your own time, read Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. Listen, COVID. We have masks on. We're at home. Some of us have experienced loved ones who have passed away because of COVID. What are you doing? Are you fearful or are you trusting in the Lord? Yes, it's real. But are you going to allow COVID to hinder your walk? To hinder your relationship with God? This is our moment to show the world that God is more than able to do great and exceedingly things no matter what our environment is. Stand up. Don't use the mask or COVID to shut your mouth. You got a mask on? You got two masks on? Listen, praise the Lord. Speak God. We know people, I know people. You probably have friends of friends who have lost loved ones, who have had COVID, who've lost their jobs, who are dismayed, who are going crazy in the midst of this chaos. What are you doing for them? What are you doing for them? This is the time where God's people need to stand up and to be used to preach God's love, God's salvation, and God's promises. This is not just for me. The three Ps are not just for me. They're not just for you. They're for this world. Apply them. COVID, riots, racism, elections, war, natural disasters, loss of jobs. This is our current environment. Fear is all around us. The news media, social media, people in general are bombarding us every day with fear. The fact is, is that if you allow fear to consume you, it will paralyze you. It will neuter you from growing in the Lord. And eventually it will destroy your trust and faith in him. And I end with this, if we can stand up this morning. Romans 8, 31 through 39 says, What then shall we say to these things? God is for us. Who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for all of us. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. 
Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are all killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, in all these things, we are what? More than conquerors. Through him, not in you, not in your friend, not in your talents, not in your gifts. In who? In him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present or things to come, nor height nor depth, nor any other created thing, shall be able to separate you, me, us, from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Father God, I thank you, Jesus, for this morning. I want to thank you for your promises, for your word, for your truth. Lord, I want to thank you, Lord, for reminding us that when fear comes in, Lord, we need to run to you. When anxiety and, and doubt and, and worry try to come in, Father God, we need to run to you. We need to pray. We need to seek your promises. We need to persevere in you. Our hope, our survival, our victory is found solely in you. Father God, I pray for that person, Lord, right now who's just dismayed, who's disheartened, who's allowed fear to paralyze them. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would just begin to speak truth and life in them right now. That their perspective would begin to change in you. Father God, we remind the enemy that he is a liar. And that he has no place in our lives. And he is under our feet in the name of Jesus. And we declare that fear must go in the name of Jesus. And Father God, as a body united and one, we come in agreement saying that we have the victory in you. In our current situation and in the situations to come, Father God. Father God, we declare healing upon those who have COVID right now. Father God, that you would heal them from the top of their head to the soles of their feet, Father God. And in the midst of our current environment, oh, Father God, we stand united in you, Father God. And we ask, Father God, that you give us the boldness to speak your truth, to speak your promises, and to, to declare your scripture upon those who need to hear it. Lord, we love you this morning. We thank you again for this opportunity. And it's in your precious name we say, amen and amen. God bless you.